Good morning. Wonder. Psalms, I'm sorry, Isaiah 25.1 kind of sets the stage for that. He says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. You have worked wonders. Plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. He has never wavered from his purpose. Never. There was no plan B. He didn't have plan A. Then man messed it up and so he went to plan B. And it is a wonder he's still fulfilling his purpose today. I'm kind of going out on a limb here dealing with this. I've never even considered wonder very much up until the last couple of weeks. I don't know the outcome of what I'm going to share. I wake up in the morning and I am a man on a mission. Whatever the mission is that day. And I am focused and I am zeroed in and I got this stuff to do and don't think that talking to me in passing is going to register because I'm focused. And so I have become convinced that I miss a lot of God's wonder. I miss a lot of the surprise of the awe and the wonder of God. But we'll discover it together and see where it goes. The Greek word for wonder means amaze. It means to make speechless. Which indicates there's no words to describe it. You experience something and there's no words to describe it. You can't you don't know what to say about it. Well say something about it. I have no words. So wonderful. It means to render immobile. It means you can't move. You have been so scared you couldn't move. This is to be so awed, to be in the presence of something so wonderful that you just can't move. It would disturb the wonder to bring activity to that encounter. And that's the thing about wonder. It's kind of like we talked about last week. It's one of those words that if you've never been in a condition where there was wonder in your heart, you have no idea what it means because it's not a it's not means nothing by definition. It has to be something that's experienced. Then you know that's wonder. That's the wonder of God. It means a cause of astonishment or admiration. Wow. The quality of exciting, amazed admiration. 
rapt attention or astonishment. It is something awesomely mysterious or new to one's experience. Wonder. Now all of us are born with a sense of wonder. All children are born with a sense of wonder. You look at them and everything is a sense of discovery. They discover their hands, their toes, their mouth, their voice. And we spend the first five years teaching them to stand up and walk and the next ten years telling them to sit down and shut up. Everything is a sense of wonder. The reason for that being is because they don't have anything figured out. Everything is unknown. Everything is waiting to be discovered. Someone said, kids think with their brains cracked wide open. What a wonderful description. They think with their brain. They're, 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 it's not been formed. It's not been shaped. It's not been set. It's not been predetermined. And so they look through life with just this, this, this wonder, and things will wonder them repeatedly. To this day, my grandkids are wondered when I take my finger off. And I can tell them how I did it. And they still are wondered by it. Simple things. It's because they don't know. G.K. Chesterton said this, What was wonderful about childhood is that anything in it was a wonder. It was not merely a world full of miracles. It was a miraculous world. That's how a child wakes up in the morning. Ready to discover. Ready to realize. Ready to experience. Ready to see what's out there. Because they do not have it figured out. Somewhere, most of us lose that sense of wonder. Somewhere, we are convinced that we have to figure it all out. And then, we pretend we have it figured all out. And we live in that. And our world shrinks. And the wonder is lost. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. The truth of the matter is, we know so little. But we lose that sense of wonder. Because we are convinced to be smart, to be mature, to be an adult, you have to figure it out. And I look at the world that we adults have made. And I'm pretty sure we don't have it figured out. And we must stop pretending that we have it figured out. Well, when we're born again, we gain a new sense of wonder. And we know nothing about God that we've just met. Wow, I want to know about God. And the church has a tendency to not so much teach us about God God, but teach us how to become like them, because they have it all figured out. And for us to be important, for us to be valuable, we have to have it figured out. And so we formalize it. 
We categorize it. We put it in a box. And then we have, we know. Yes, I know. I, I believe that. I know. But just like the wonder of childhood, we are told and believe we have to have it figured out. And then we present, pretend that we do. And the result is we lose our sense of mystery about God. What do you believe about God? And we can spew it out. And there's no sense of amazement. There's no sense of wonder. Because we have it categorized. He's a fundamentalist. He's a Presbyterian. He's a charismatic. He's this. He's a that. We take God and we think he fits in that. And we have him figured out. We think we become smarter, more mature, and enlightened. But what we do is we lose the sense of awe. There are no more surprises by God. As a matter of fact, surprises are discouraged. Because if there's a surprise, if you surprise me about something with God, and it's different than what I know, I'm probably not going to buy it because I measure it by what I know and not by what God is like. And I lose my sense of awe. I lose my sense of wonder. G.K. Chesterton again said, The world will never starve for want of wonders, but for wants of wonder. The wonders are there. The same is true with God. The wonders are there. The unknown is there. The undiscoverable is there. The unexperienced is there. But if we think we have it formulated and pat down, we're going to miss that and we will lose our sense of wonder because then God becomes no bigger than us. We have him contained. Someone said, I would rather have my mind opened by wonder than one closed by belief. What's important to us? Believe. Believe. What you believe. What you believe. What you believe. Tell me what you believe. What do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? What if we took the posture that says, I don't know, until God tells me. And then he's only going to tell me a portion, so there's much more to know about that. That sense of wonder. I would rather have my mind opened by wonder than one closed by belief. The same is true of my heart. I would rather have a heart open to the wonder of God. Open to the wonder of who He is and what He's done. And realize that experience. Than to have a heart that's closed, that's finite, that's got it settled down here in my belief system. And this is what I know to be true. There's really not anything outside of that. That's true. Because see, I would never believe something that isn't true. I have seen some awesome man-made wonders. I've been at the top of the Hoover Dam, the largest concrete upright structure in the country. Built years ago in 20s. Interesting story if you ever get to read that about the Hoover Dam. The first week they started building the Hoover Dam, a man got killed. The last man to get killed years later at the Hoover Dam was the brother to the first guy that got killed. 
working on the dam. It's huge. It's humongous. I've seen, and it been in, maybe some of you are guys, the Spruce Goose. Howard Hughes was commissioned to build a cargo plane. And so he built the largest, at the time, the largest plane in the world. It had eight engines on it. And because it was during war and they couldn't make it out of aluminum or steel, he made it out of wood. The critics called it the Spruce Goose, but it was actually made out of birch. And it was docked in Long Beach Harbor for a long time, and we got to tour it. You can sta- a man can stand up straight in the thickness of the wing. That's how big it is. Whenever they, they could, the mechanics could check on the engines while it was flying. They just walked down the wing. It's huge. It flew one time, got this far off the water and quit. That was it. I've been and sailed a ship through the Panama Canal. What an awesome wonder they built across the country of Panama. And they had a series of locks because the one ocean is higher than the other ocean. And so they have to bring these ships in and pump it full in these locks and then bring it into the next one and close it. And, and it's a series of steps and it takes days. I think it takes about two days to get through the whole thing. It's amazing. And when they built it, so many men died from malaria that they ran out of caskets, so they took pickle barrels, emptied them out, and put bodies in them to preserve them. It's a wonderful thing. It's awesome. I've jumped from a C-5 airplane. You say, why? Because I'd been through two weeks of training, and I was convinced I could jump without a parachute. I don't need no stinking parachute. 1,200 feet in the air. If I didn't jump, they were going to throw me. That's why I jumped. I've walked through a 2,000-year-old building. Now think about that. We have the Alamo. This building is 2,000 years old. We've seen some of those. We saw them in Rome and Italy and Israel. Still standing. I've seen some man-made wonders. I've seen some created wonders. I I flew in a helicopter down into the Grand Canyon. And you have no idea how big that is until you look over here and you see another helicopter and it looks like a fly next to the wall of the canyon. It's humongous. I walked up to Niagara Falls. I told you about that. We parked our car about two blocks away and you got out of the car and the ground's rumbling. Think, what the heck? And the closer you get to the falls, the louder it becomes. The energy and the power that comes over that cliff that's there. It's just unbelievable. I've looked through a telescope and seen the rings around Saturn. If you don't think that's impressive, Saturn is 742,538,575 miles away. I saw the rings that were around that thing. Just phenomenal. I've seen the Aspens in the fall in Colorado. I've seen the colors of the trees in New England. I dove, scuba dived on the second largest coral reef in the world. 
in Belize. I've sailed the Atlantic, and I've sailed the Pacific. And I've seen storms where I'm on a 600-foot oil tanker, and I've seen waves come over the bow of the ship up to the bridge, which is 25 feet above the deck. I nearly got washed overboard one night on a catwalk trying to because the ship was doing this and I'm trying to time it and I start running and the shifts and the wave comes over and the power and the strength and the awes. A couple of years ago some of us went to California and we saw the sequoias. They were as old as Abraham. Trees four thousand years old. All these are wonders designed to do one thing, to point us to the wonder of the Father. The tree is wonderful. Think of the God that grew it. The wave is powerful. Think of the God that controls it. All of these things are there as a expression of wonder. When the New Testament he talks about signs and wonders, what was the wonder there? The wonder wasn't there to just have play, play with the miraculous. The wonder was there to point us to the Father and His wonder. And all of this is there to reveal the wonder. All of this shouts out, you think this is something? You ought to see the one who made it. All through Scripture, that was the purpose of wonder. The wonders of God cry out to direct us to the wonder of God. But like we as children, like we as believers, we can lose that sense of wonder. Psalms 106. Verse 6. Israel says, we have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They appreciated them. They appreciated the fact that they're escaping from Egypt and they come to the Red Sea and they think they're going to die and, the, and, and they don't know what to do and God opens the sea. What a wonder! That's awesome! But they didn't appreciate it. They didn't see behind it. They didn't see behind the wonders to the wonder of the one who created it. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember your abundant kindness, but rebel by the sea at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name that he might make his power known. Why did he do that? He did that to reveal the wonder of himself. I can take care of my people. I can care for them. I can protect them. That was what was behind the wonder. Thus he rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the deeps as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his phrase, praise, next sentence. 
they quickly forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but craved intensely in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. So he gave them the, the request, but sent a wasting disease among them. Then in Nehemiah chapter 9, Verse 16 says, But they, our fathers, acted arrogantly. They became stubborn and would not listen to your commandments. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds which you had performed among them. So they became stubborn. Stubborn is an indication of, I'm not moving. I am where I need to be, doing what I need to do, knowing what I need to know, and I don't need to move. And God says, I want you to move. Stubborn. They became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, and you did not forsake them. There is the wonder. You and I would have written them off. Okay, that's it. You've worn my patience then. I'll go get me somebody else. What God do? Says he forgave them. Each one of those times, he says I forgave them. The starting point of us turning from the Father is our loss of wonder. Listen to that very carefully. Because... If you're like me, you haven't ever heard much about wonder and the impact that it has on our life. The starting point of us turning from the Father is our loss of wonder. If everything there is to know about God is contained in my theology, if everything I need to know about God is contained in my past experience, why press it? Why pursue it? I'll stick with what I have. And in doing so, in losing that sense of wonder that there's surprises around the corner, there's unknown around the corner about him that you haven't experienced yet and that I haven't experienced yet. Starting point of us turning from the Father is our loss of wonder. All the wonders of the world, man-made and created, cannot compare to the wonder of the love of the Father for His children. You're impressed with the Grand Canyon? Nothing compared to the wonder of the love of the Father for His children. Now listen to this very carefully. Johnny told me to read this to you three times. Okay? I'm going to be an obedient husband today. Okay? Until the expanse and depth of God's love offends our understanding of love, we are not seeing God's love correctly. Until the expanse and depth of God's love 
offends our understanding of love, we're not seeing God's love correctly. Until the expanse and depth of God's love offends our understanding of love, we're not seeing God's love correctly. As long as we can comprehend and understand God's love, it is not God's love. but one of our own creation. As long as we can comprehend and understand God's love, it is not God's love, but one of our own creation. His love is to be experienced and not comprehended. And we lock into this comprehension thing, this understanding thing, this knowing intellectually thing. And it minimalizes because we can only comprehend so much. We can only understand so much. And the next thing we know, we've made his love like our love. We lose sight of the wonder that he loves me without conditions. Then to compound it, the wonder that he loves those that I don't love. How can you do that, God? How can you love him who does that? Beginning to see how small our concept is, we lose our sense of wonder. The wonder that he not only has forgiven me for everything I have done, but has forgiven me for everything I am going to do in advance. Well, if you want my forgiveness, you got to ask for it. We don't comprehend his forgiveness. The wonder of his forgiveness that he forgave me everything I had ever done and said, you know what, I'm going to take it on out. And I'm going to forgive you for everything you're going to do. The wonder that he favors and blesses those that I don't think deserve favor or blessing. And he still does it. A wonder of that. God, you need to let me be the dispenser of favor and blessings. And if it were me, I wouldn't bless that person. You know what they're like. A wonder of his favor and his love. Our sense of wonder is once again lost when we develop and I've got this figured out mentality. I know who God loves. I know who God's going to forgive. I know, I know. Like I said last week, Solomon was right. There still may be nothing new under the sun. But I promise you, there is a ton to be discovered under the sun that we have never touched. And most of it is the wonder of the Father, particularly about the Father and all he has done. Is God packaged up, understood, controlled, and containable in our safe theological belief system? 
Or is he wild and uncontrollable in who and how he loves? Relentless in his pursuit of our heart and abandoned in his creativity. If someone were to ask you what God's love was like, would you use the word wild? Would you use the word relentless? Abandoned? Or is it safe, understandable, and controlled? What's God like? Where's the sense of wonder? I got I just. I'm going to look for God's surprise today. I'm going to look for His wonder. Does your Christian life consist of creeds, slogans, catchphrases, rules, principles, and undaring behavior? Always wondering if it measures up. I just don't believe God would ever ask someone to marry a prostitute. He did. Why? Because his love for Israel was wild and abandoned and uncontrollable. There was a sense of wonder about it. Or is it fresh every morning? ready to take chances by flinging yourself without abandon into the arms of the Spirit who doesn't respect our emotions. He asks us to do things when our emotions say, I don't want to do that. Ready to abandon yourself to Him, filled with wonder of what He'll do next, what wonder He will demonstrate to quicken the wonder in my heart for Him. And we think we know what wonders it ought to be. Well, he's going to heal that person. He's going to take care of that cancer. He's going to make that leg grow. He's going to put... All those things. Even that we have categorized and lost the sense of the wonder. Precious. I've never heard a faith person quote this verse. Precious in the sight of God or the death of his saints. Don't fit my faith perspective. If they had faith, they wouldn't die. Yeah? Got it figured out, don't we? There's a gentleman right now in Duncan, Oklahoma. Who bought into that lock, stock, and barrel. His wife got sick and died. Today he's an alcoholic. Been in jail several times. And he's so angry at God because God did not do what he said in his Bible he was going to do. Loss of sense of wonder. Got it figured out. How God's supposed to act and how God's supposed to act. Without a sense of wonder, life becomes mundane. Boring. Predictable unimaginative with the illusion of safety and God becomes boxed up and kept in our religious closet now the mistake we make is we thinking this calling that I have is the reason for my boredom I must change callings 
this place where I'm living is the reason for life being mundane. I must move. This relationship that I'm in is not exciting, so I must dump it and get another one. It's not the calling. It's not the, the, the job. It's not the location. It's the heart that loses the sense of wonder in the midst of where he placed me. Listen to that again. It is the heart that loses the sense of wonder of where God has placed me, doing what God has put in my heart to do, and being wonderful in the middle of all that. I've talked to people that have moved a dozen times, and they're miserable every place they move. And I always ask them, can you see the common denominator? It's you. Oh, no, 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 it's not me. It's, it's where I'm at. It's what I'm doing. No, no, it's you. And I think that's why Revelation talks about there being silence in heaven. Because for the first time, maybe they're going to be in awe. Oh, I could have had this here. I could have seen your wonder here. It's a lack of wonder. I know because I've lived it. And it's still a challenge to me to not think, well, you've been here 140 years. I mean, you know, I've been here since 92. Maybe you just, maybe you're through. It's time for you to look for somewhere else. I can tell you right now, I've burned all my bridges. There ain't nobody want me. I can pretty well tell you that. And I struggle with that, realizing that God still has wonder here to reveal himself to me. How do you keep a sense of wonder? How do you keep from losing a sense of wonder? It starts with the choice to believe that it still exists. The wonder of God is still relevant. It still exists. There's more to know. There's more to experience. There's more to discover, especially of the Father and what he has done. Betty Smith, I don't know who she was if she just said this. Look at everything always as though you were seeing it either for the first time or the last time. Somebody posted something this week. I thought it was cool. They said, each one of us played with our friends growing up and it was the last time and we didn't know it. Think about that. Man, we're carefree. We're playing We're playing baseball. We're playing football. We're engaging. We're with all these friends. We just take it. And, and it, at some point in time, that was the last time. And we didn't know it. What would we have done if we'd have known it? Look at everything always as though you were seeing it either for the first time or the last time. This is your time on earth filled with glory. This is your time. It's a time God picked for you. It's a time God chose for you. Number two, look for it everywhere. This is what I struggle with because I get so focused. I miss it. Man on a mission. What's your mission today? 
Well, I got to well this trailer. What's your mission today? Well, I got to go have lunch with this one. What's your mission today? I got to do this. Stop. That's the next one. Slow down. Slow down and look for it everywhere. Now, I left the house yesterday. I, I'd been there all day, and I get cabin fever, and I decided I needed to go somewhere and get me something to eat. So I'm going to Taco Bell, which you know I just one of my favorite spots. Yeah. And so, but it's the only place close. So I get in my truck, and I say, okay, Father, I'm going to look for your wonder. I'm going to look for your surprise. I'm going to look for your expression of how wonderful you are. I got in my truck. I drove down 660, and I went into Taco Bell and got my order. Came back home, and nothing. I didn't see nothing. Was it there? I don't know. But who's there? I didn't see it. But I want to tell you something. It's there. It's worth pursuing. Maybe not that time. The fourth thing. Ask the Father to reveal it. Ask Him to show you His wonder. It will come in ways that you never anticipated. It will come in ways... We've already got it boxed up in our mind. Oh, I'm going to see this person at Walmart. And I'm going to pray for them. And they're going to find a $100 bill in the parking lot before they leave. I'm gonna, they're gonna, I, we got it all figured out. The wonder of God yesterday is I got to leave the house and go to Taco Bell and got home safe. That's a wonder. Keeping a sense of wonder keeps me focused. Keeping, me, keeping a sense of wonder keeps me stay thankful and appreciative. First Chronicles 16. Keeping a sense of wonder keeps me seeking, pursuing, and discovering that there is more of him to be known than I already know. Psalm six, uh, second, First Chronicles sixteen. Israel, Moses is they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant in. In verse eight, he says, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonder. Glory in His name. Let the heart of those who." Seek the Lord, be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His wonderful deeds which He has done, His marvels and the judgments from His mouth. O seed of Israel, His servant, sons of Jacob, His chosen one. Sense of wonder keeps me seeking. Without that sense of wonder, I become content, become satisfied with what I have of God. We in America, that's a big deal. Most of us work for one reason. Go pay our bills. No, you can pay your bills to anybody. Anything. When you go to get a job, what do you want to know? Am I going to be able to retire? When am I going to be able to quit? When am I going to be able to stop? 
And I'm focused on that. Doing so, I miss the Father and His wonder, surprise, and changes. There's more to Him to be known. Psalms 8 says this. I don't know. Well, let me get over here. I don't know the sense of wonder draws my attention back to him that I might behold him. You know why some of us have so many trouble beholding him? We have no sense of wonder. That's going to be the same old thing. Same old thing, same old thing. It's going to be the same. We've lost our sense of wonder that I'm going to get to spend time with him. He's going to reveal something about himself or about this world that I've never seen before. That's exciting. I can look forward to that. But if it's mundane, boxed up, packaged up, it's going to be more of the same. Sense of wonder draws my attention back to behold him. Psalms 8. When I consider your heavens... The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you take thought of him? The son of men that you care for him. You've made him a little lower than God. You crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field. Whatever pad, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea. Whatever passes through the paths of the sea. Now, I don't know if that's the inspiration of this song or not. I don't know. But it could be. Oh, Lord, my God. When I, an awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe display. And what's my response? Then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Somewhere he saw the wonder. Past the wonders. And says, I've seen the stars, I've heard the thunder, I've observed the worlds, how great you are. Then sings my soul, how great you are. It's there. We can experience it again. You don't experience it by hearing a message on it. You don't experience it by reading a book about it. You experience it. By seeking Him and experiencing it. That's how you experience it. Father, thank You. In the middle of all the times we've lost that sense of wonder, in the middle of all of those times that we have boxed You up and contained You, You forgave us. You pursued us. You reached out to us. And we thank You for that. And we come today and admit to you we need a fresh sense of your wonder. It's there. 
we confess and believe that your wonder is still here and active. We ask you to reveal it to us. We're going to look for it. Show us the wonder behind your love that it's bigger than this self-made human emotion that we think is love. Show us the vastness of your love. That you even love those that we don't love. Let's just be honest. We don't love them. Show us how to express your love to them. We bless you today. Thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts. We look for the wonder of your wonder being revealed to us. In Jesus' name.